This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, good afternoon and welcome to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kanesan. Today, we're going to be exploring the IPO market here in Southeast Asia. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it complicated? All this and more in today's episode. In mid-November, consultancy firm Deloitte released its insights on the IPO market in Southeast Asia for 2023. During the first 10 and a half months, the IPO market saw a healthy count of 153 IPOs. However, despite the healthy number, the IPO amount raised was lowest in eight years. So what could 2024 look like? Is it going to be optimistic? Is it doom and gloom? All this and more today as we delve into this report with Wong Kar Chun, Disruptive Events Advisory Leader at Deloitte Malaysia, to help shed some light on the challenges faced by stock exchanges in sustaining a vibrant equity market, the factors influencing companies' decisions to go public, and the efforts made by governments to attract high-growth businesses. If you have any thoughts, you can WhatsApp us on our U-Mobile number. That's 018-789-8899. Uh, welcome to the studio. Thank you for having me here. So, Kachun, it's been, uh, you know, there's no secret, you know, the higher interest rate environment has created all sorts of uh, a different funding environment, let's put it that way. Um, looking ahead, how do you anticipate South, the Southeast Asian IPO market to evolve in 2024, especially in light of the uh, performance observed in 2023? Yeah, thank, thank you. Um, I think if you start off by looking at 2023, we did really defeat well from a South Asia perspective. So going to 2024, um, from a Southeast Asia GDP perspective, Perspective. Uh, I think we are forecasting a growth of approximately 2.5% to 6.2%. We see what some type of signs of inflation level out and rate cuts from certain countries in the Southeast Asia region. So from, from that perspective, I think Southeast Asia will still have good quality companies, fundamental companies that have good credentials to go for IPO. So the only key things that is slightly different going forward, we will see that companies will probably take a wait and see timing in terms of making sure that valuation is great, only they go for IPO. So I think I remain quite optimistic uh, there will still a lot of opportunities in Southeast Asia perspective. Now, speaking of one of the key markets here was Indonesia. They had a bit of a robust performance in the IPO market. Uh, what were the main drivers behind that? And do you see this trend continuing into 2024? Okay, Indonesia being the biggest market in South Asia, let me start off by giving you some perspective in the statistics, right? Mm. So, um, Indonesia recorded the highest number of IPOs in 2023. They had 77 IPOs this year. So they have 52% increase in terms of IPO proceeds. In comparison to all the other countries in Southeast Asia, they are the only countries that have increased in sales proceeds. So Indonesia accounted for 66% of the IPO in Southeast Asia for 2023. So in the past, we do see that most of the IPOs come from the technology and communication industry. But for 2023, 7 out of the 10 major IPOs in Indonesia comes from from the energy and resources industry. Huh. Yeah. ENR uh, is energy and resources mainly boosted by copper and nickel mining companies used in EV battery materials. There's also companies that's renewable energy power plant and minerals mining. So based on the information that we have gathered from our colleagues in Deloitte, Indonesia, uh, the Ministry of Energy and Mineral Resources in Indonesia are currently finalizing certain regulations on incentive for the automotive companies to set up EV vehicles in Indonesia. So this policy 
definitely will boost demand of EV and indirectly will lead to heightened interest of investors to invest in companies in those renewable sectors, in those EV supply chain sectors. So we anticipate for 2024, this will continue to be the growth area in Indonesia. Maybe you can tell us a little bit about there were varying performances for IPO markets. And as you mentioned, you know, uh, 77 of the IPOs were in Indonesia, driven by the uh, EV industry, it seems, by large accounts. Mm. Give us a sense for the factors contributed to the varying IPO performances across uh, the Southeast Asian countries in 23. Okay, I think because Southeast Asia is a very diverse <laughs> country, right? Yeah. So you have different markets, different uh, segments, different dilemma in different countries. So let me give you a, a basic perspective of the performance of each of the countries. So for countries like um, Vietnam, Thailand and Philippines, so the IPO have slowed down, I think due to global and local economic sections affecting liquidity. So I think particularly in Vietnam, they have tightened their IPO and listing approval process, mm. which resulted slightly lesser IPOs in that market. But of course, Indonesia, they performed extremely well. But back home in Malaysia, uh, although we did not perform as well as last year, but it's a commendable result because although there's no major mega IPO per se, like the past, like Mr. DIY, Citos mm. on FarmFresh, but we had a good result in Ace Market. So there are a lot of Ace Market listing during the year. And we do see like in Malaysia, there's actually persistence over sufficient and there's strong investor participation in the ACE market because of the reasonable lower price in terms of ACE market pricing. And Malaysia as well, I think we do see good PE multiples for all the IPO listing. And then if you go to a bigger market in Singapore, right, there's an absence of main market listing, especially from the rich sector, but there's also an increase in the secondary listing in Catalyst. So we do see a diverse perspective in different different markets having different different numbers and one interesting fact is in Southeast Asia perspective there's is a lot of companies that is considering cross-border you have seen Grab doing it you have seen Property Guru doing it you also seen WinFast a Vietnamese EV company listed in NASDAQ so there's different different perspective because the Southeast Asia market is quite diverse from that perspective um, so you mentioned a few times there, you know, ACE and then Catalyst. These are two secondary boards in their respective markets, mm. one obviously being Malaysia, one mm. being Singapore. Can you elaborate a little bit on the increasing momentum of the secondary mm. boards in Southeast Asia? And what are the implications, I guess, for uh, startups, SMEs and investors? Okay, I think that's a very good question because that's the market that we continue to see a lot of SMEs, a lot of companies um, that is in the SME sectors going for that listing. I think one of the key reasons that people consider a secondary listing is because the perceived leniency in terms of the requirements, <laughs> right? So I think in this market perspective, you uh, do not have a profit track record requirements to go for an IPO, right? And of course, East market will allow most of these companies, if they are listed in ACE, it's, uh, it's a platform for them to actually springboard to a main market listing going forward. So, and being an ACE market listing also gives them a bit of the status, right? say, to propel them towards more business growth and more further fundraising. So I think um, the last final thing that I can actually mention from a Singapore and Malaysia perspective is that the secondary listing are sponsor-driven. So basically, you have somebody, you know, a sponsor, an investment banker, to handhold you, to guide you through a pre- and post-IPO perspective. So a lot of entrepreneurs and companies would like that because you get some money to, to guide you through uh, being a public listed company. So all these factors are, I think, key contributing matters to a lot of companies considering to go for uh, the secondary board listing. 
I guess I wonder whether companies see this as a, a safer way to eventually go to the main board in time, you know, mm. go and uh, dip yes. your toes in the water mm. first before going into the more stringent environment of the main board. Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think because, like I mentioned, it's sponsor-driven. Mm. We have somebody to provide you inputs, what to do next, right? To give you some perspective that what kind of things that you need to do announcement for. So that is actually good training ground, I would say, right? Because most of these companies are SME. Although the numbers look great, right? But, you know, uh, the back end, they may need a bit of time to get their governance process, the governance framework in place. Mm. So I think that is one of the key factors that a lot of companies consider that that is the first step before they springboard to a main market listing. Yeah. Today on Enterprise BizBytes, we're taking a look at the Southeast Asian IPO market and uh, how it's done in 2023 and what to look for in 2024. We'll get into the challenges of sustaining a vibrant and attractive equity market, the competition from larger overseas markets, investor allocation of capital and other things. Helping me with this has been Wong Ka Chun. He's the Disruptive Events Advisory Leader at Deloitte Malaysia. And this is on the back of a report that they released in mid-November. I'm Roshan Kainasen. You're listening to Enterprise BizBytes. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Blues, folk, metal. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9. Welcome back to Enterprise BizBytes. I'm Roshan Kainasen and today we are talking about the IPO landscape here in Southeast Asia and the challenges of sustaining a vibrant and attractive equity market. Some of the competition from larger overseas markets and the how investor capital is being allocated in the region as well as opportunities among other things. Helping me with this is Wong Ka Chun, Disruptive Events Advisory Leader at Deloitte Malaysia. Now some of the numbers that came out in the report, Ka Chun, that I mentioned earlier, you know, in the first 10 and a half months of 2023, we saw 153 IPOs in Southeast Asia, although the number looks healthy, the IPO amount raised was the lowest in eight years. So volume high, value lower, but 77 of those uh, IPOs were from Indonesia and on the back of, I guess, a lot of the hype around the EV uh, space that we're seeing um, and driven by the mining and copper, uh, mining of copper and lithium in Indonesia. Um, But one of the big themes, of course, of the last few years has been the interest rate regime and how the end of the zero interest rate policy has impacted funding. How has the global economic climate influenced IPO activity here in Southeast Asia uh, in 2023? I think um, that's a direction that a lot of companies are looking at, you know, uh, interest rate impact, right? So, but from a perspective is that we do see IPO fund raise are more normalized now, you know, to hmm. pre-COVID levels in general in Southeast Asia. So I, I think I briefly mentioned that there's a lot of companies now that tend to want to stay private a bit longer, right? <laughs> and, they, and they do a wait and see timing so that they can actually anticipate when valuation is good, they will go for it to go for an IPO. So after COVID, I think there's a lot of um, indication that valuation will be normalized, right? You know, the demand from investors as well as um, the investment bankers or the communities wanting companies to have good track record earnings rather than projected sales growth. So some of these key things will be demanded based on that perspective. Another positive thing that we do see based on uh, the global economic climate change is that there's certain realignment in terms of global supply chain in this part of the world, right? So you do see semiconductor, you do see electronic and electronic sectors, uh, companies, especially in the northern region of Malaysia, gaining momentum because uh, the the supply chain has actually diverted to that part of the world, right? So there will be a lot more companies 
in that region, in that sector that would capitalize in terms of raising fund and then getting investor interest. That same goes for Indonesia perspective as well because the government in Indonesia really supporting the EV sector, the renewable energy sector. So if they are in that supply chain manner, companies will definitely benefit from that gain. E&E is such a big part here in the mm. semiconductor space. Mm. Do you see that as a key area to watch in Malaysia in terms of potential IPOs going forward? Yeah, I think there's a lot of companies in perspective in Penang uh, that have yeah, actually yeah. gotten a lot of good <laughs> tractions. Uh, there's also some of them listed already in, in the Malaysian in Brusa market. So that will be a key factor that we will see going forward. The technology space, technology-related companies that is connected to this kind of supply chain segment so speaking of industries that have dominated in particular mm. geographies, give us a sense of, I guess, on the overall regional level, mm. what industries have dominated the IPO landscape in Southeast Asia in 2023? And do you see any shifts in uh, 2024? Okay, I I think in 2023, the cool key sectors that have done so well is, I think the first one, which I probably briefly mentioned, is the energy and resources section, mm. right? So as countries like Malaysia, as Indonesia, talk about climate objective, <laughs> having carbon neutral economies, there's been a push for green technologies. So companies that is in that space in Inara have taken advantage of their IPO. So I did mention Indonesia is dominated by Inara IPO this year. So the top five listing in Southeast Asia for the first 11 months of, of Southeast Asia are from that sector, mm. right? So they are the top five sectors in Southeast Asia. So the second biggest sectors, I think that we have gotten to see good traction in IPO in 2023 is the consumer industry sector. Uh, I think one of the key things that we see as well is Southeast Asia being a um, developing nation uh, have rapid expansion. You know, GDP of all the Southeast Asia countries are more than a lot of developed countries. So income level increase and great population growth, especially markets like Thailand, Indonesia, which is young, middle class, very intellectual, very knowledgeable in terms of investing, have actually supported the IPO process in this part of the world, right? So it doesn't surprise me that consumer industry uh, is one of the top two sectors over the last two years in terms of IPO. So uh, I think consumer business have also changed. Uh, it's no longer the brick and mortar, simple cup noodles, consumer business. Uh, and a lot of consumer business are focusing on brand experience. Uh, and actually, if they are able to connect with technology, right, I think that would be a very good IPO proposition. All right. So although there's, I guess, a lot of positivity and it seems to be a lot of activity going on, although mm. the values have come down, mm. some might say it's the <laughs> an appropriate correction given the mm. bubbles that we've seen over the last few years. Could you give us some insight into the, I guess, the challenges and the opportunities for Southeast Asian companies looking to IPO in the current market scenario where, um, let's put it nicely, it's, it's challenging? Mm, yeah, I think it's challenging. Let me start off by talking a bit about the negative, right? Mm. So let me talk about the challenges. So <laughs> I think in the ongoing prolonged geopolitical tension in the Middle East, uh, I mean, the, the expectation that probably oil price will slightly increase, you know, have actually resulted in the perception that uh, pricing of cost of products will go up, right? So there's also a sense of uncertainty, uh, negative impact in spending. And also... Uh, investor may be a bit more reserved in terms of spending the money and maybe investing in more safer assets like fixed deposit and government bonds, right? So we also see that there's also withdrawal of uh, foreign capitals in certain markets in the region, uh, especially markets in Vietnam and Thailand. We see that dip in terms of foreign investors coming in. But having said that, 
I think uh, I see a lot more opportunities than challenges, right? Uh, one key thing that we see from the region perspective in Deloitte is that we see uh, regional political stability, right? Thailand having their parliament endorsement of the new prime minister during the year, right? So in Indonesia, uh, in the upcoming presidential election in 2024, is expected to remain calm and stable in the capital market. I think that's quite similar to historical presidential election in 2014 and 2019. I mean, there's also uh, no shortage of domestic liquidity. You do see retail investors supporting secondary board listing because of the pricing is reasonable, right? There's also local institutions uh, like fund managers and uh, government funds investing in some of these companies, the main market listing as well as secondary listing. So we do see a lot of positive things in the region compared to um, challenges. And one good thing that I want to worth to mention is the cost of fundraising through equity markets is cheaper than the cost of borrowing through Borings, mm. so, so that's one key good indicators that I see in this part of the world there will be a lot more opportunities rather than challenges. That's if you're willing to give up piece of ownership. <laughs> la. Yes, yes. Um, today on Enterprise BizBytes, we're taking a look at the Southeast Asian IPO market and uh, how it's done in 2023 and what to look for in 2024. Helping me with this has been Wong Kar Chun. He's the Disruptive Events Advisory Leader at Deloitte Malaysia. And this is on the back of a report that they released in mid-November. I'm Roshan Kinison. You're listening to Enterprise BizBytes. We'll be back in just a bit. So keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. Brewing frothy mocha. BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 89.9, welcome back to Enterprise Biz Bites. I'm Roshan Kunison, and today we are talking about the IPO landscape here in Southeast Asia and the challenges of sustaining a vibrant and attractive equity market. Helping me with this is Wong Ka Chun, Disruptive Events Advisory Leader at Deloitte Malaysia. So we've talked a little bit about the market here, but how does the performance of the Southeast Asian IPO market compare to other major regions globally. Do you have any data on that? We do. I think in our recent press release information, um, we compare uh, Southeast Asia IPO markets versus the three other bigger capital markets in the US, in the UK and in Hong Kong. So overall, the trend of IPOs and IPO proceeds have normalised uh, and I think all the markets is heading towards pre-COVID level numbers. La. So numbers are still a bit way off, but I think definitely on an increasing trend. But if I will show you the numbers, the three-year trend of the key IPO markets of all these market peaked in 2021. Okay, So for 2022, the US and the UK and Hong Kong market had almost a 80 to 90% drop in IPO from 2021. That three main markets. At the same period, Southeast Asia also had a peak at 2021, but our drop in 2022 was less significant hmm. at 40%. So that shows Southeast Asia companies still able to command capital fundraise in regards to whether the rest of the world has significant drop. So that shows the credibility of a lot of the Southeast Asia market able to command good funds and also supported by retail investors as well as institutional investors in this part of the world. Um, 
Maybe you can give us some thoughts in terms of what do you think the impact of the performance of Southeast Asian IPO market in 2023 will have on investor confidence in the region? Do you have any thoughts on that? I think let's talk about not just 2023. Just mention the last three years COVID and stuff. Okay. So overall, we will continue to see that capital inflows will normalize since pre-COVID, right? Um, we see a lot of more growth in investors in key markets in Indonesia, in Thailand. So market in Malaysia have very good sectors in the A sectors that is able to command a lot of retail investor, is able to be priced at a reasonable pricing. Um, and then there's also good PE multiples in all of this market. So overall, all these are good indicators to investors to look at A, we did well in 2023. We did quite well in the last few years as well. So please invest in this region. You mentioned the Malaysian market there. So mm. in your view, I guess, what are the key considerations for businesses in Malaysia when deciding to go public, right? I mean, that's a key consideration for many companies. Either you get acquired or, I mean, a lot of companies do stay private for mm. very long. But in terms of the exit situations, IPOs are a big part of that equation. Mm. What are the key considerations for businesses in Malaysia when deciding to go public? Okay. Um, that's a, actually a very good question. And that's the question that I always, uh, it will be the first question that I ask companies and entrepreneurs, <laughs> hey, uh, these are the key factors that you need to consider. But I always ask them a few things, you know. Um, I ask them to look into, that you need to have a really sound business model and a fundamental element to be a successful venture. So let me explain a, my two thoughts, la, two thoughts in terms of this, right? The list is not exhaustive, but let me explain two. So you need to, the companies need to be able to create value, right? And then you need to be able to articulate uh, your competitive strength, right? I mean, how are you going to make money for the investors, right? How are you going to attract investors to invest in you? So you need to be able to articulate that confidently, right? So because I've seen cases of asking companies, right, you know, that's doing very well, you know, very profitable. And when I ask the question, where's your next growth story? And, and then <laughs> entrepreneurs kind of got stuck there, you know, because they are so comfortable that how much they're earning, they can't maybe articulate well in terms of their growth story. It's probably in their head just mm. that they couldn't put it into something that an investor would be confident to, to invest in them. So that's one key factor that I see. I think another key factor that I mentioned regularly to my other clients as well and companies, right? Is business owner, you always want to know how your company is performing. Uh, likewise to investors who want to know, right? So therefore, you'll be able to report your numbers accurately and on a timely basis. So uh, a good question. I, I'm an auditor in trading, so I will ask the question to a lot of my clients and entrepreneurs. How long do you need to close your accounts? Right? Do you take six months? Or do you do it like a public company that you need to finish it close accounts on the monthly basis to be able to give it to the management. So that is one key factor as well that a lot of business owners need to consider. Yeah. And while we're talking about the Malaysian market, maybe you can tell us a little bit about how the Malaysian IPO market has evolved over the past few years and what trends you see for 2024. I believe that there will be a continued uptake in terms of uh, entrepreneurs and companies going for IPO, uh, especially taking the perspective of the ACE market listing. I think it's similar to what I mentioned. It's a market that a lot of entrepreneurs and companies thought of that they have someone to kind of advise them mm. to go for that perspective, right? To, go, to guide them through, to handhold them, to uh, give them advice what to do next. So I 
continue to believe that will be a market that we'll see thriving IPO companies going forward. Uh, having said that, uh, <laughs> having said that as well, I think uh, in the market there's also news about uh, certain big IPOs coming. You know, um, especially that's being backed by good institutional investors. That hopefully we'll see in the next two years. In a similar vein, I guess, well, what advice would you give to startups and SMEs or smaller or businesses looking to raise funds in Malaysia that are considering an IPO in the near future? Um, it's quite similar to what I mentioned earlier to business owners, right? So, but uh, I will give my two thoughts, right? Uh, one is to be ready to explain your IPO strategy and your equity stories, right? You need to be able to develop a clear growth strategy and equity story. Uh, your competitive advantage, which the company can rely upon. A question that I do normally ask my clients is like, uh, where do you plan to grow, right? And do mm. you plan to grow organically, inorganically? Do you plan to grow regionally? You know, do you plan to go outside Malaysia, South Asia? Are you planning to do that? And how much revenue and profit that the company is going to make if an investor invests in you? So I think those are the things that a startup need to start thinking. You know, you can't be just, you know, growing the company without thinking in that manner. I think second part is uh, very similar to what I mentioned as well about business plan and forecast model, right? So once you have your equity story, you need to be able to translate that into a plan, uh, a numbers that make sense, right? To be able to connect to that plan. Let's say invest in um, 50 million into certain sectors that would be able to generate me 100 million worth of revenue and profit. So you need to be able to translate that into something concrete that investors will see. So um, I know startups company uh, tend to focus on just running the business, but it's something that they need to consider one day as they grow big and as they want to get future more funding from investors and going for IPO. Could you share your thoughts on the long-term outlook for the IPO market in Southeast Asia? I think from a South Asia perspective, there's a lot of good indication. You know, one matter that I highlighted earlier, we have political stability. Um, and that hopefully will continue on 2024. And another good indication is a lot of the IPO markets uh, in Southeast Asia have a number of IPO pipelines. What I mean by IPO pipelines is there's a lot of IPO that have already submitted to the regulators is at the, I would say it's like draft exposure stage. So there's a number of them sitting there waiting for the right time to list. <laughs> so so you, you do have this two good indication to indicate that for 2024, I don't have a crystal ball, but I would hope that it will still be competitive. Uh, we'll still get good numbers in terms of IPO fundraise and IPO making to the, to the market in Southeast Asia. Um, finally, Kaj, one more question. While we're talking about the landscape and the future, maybe you can discuss as well the role of technological advancements and digital transformation in shaping the IPO landscape in Southeast Asia. Mm, that is definitely a good question because I think if you were to see capital markets and IPO uh, and technology-related matters, I think it's, I think it's correlated, right? Mm. So uh, just looking at uh, the number of tech companies listed uh, in this region, not in Malaysia, elsewhere as well. You have Grab, you have Property Guru, you have Winjack, uh, you have ISO unicorns in this region, like Carsum, you have Capital A. So you have all these technology-related companies that is getting good valuation. So companies that has taken advantage of that space early are now able to reap the rewards. Mm. So I think that correlation makes sense from that perspective. 
Mm. And does it matter that they've listed, you know, that they always look at, you know, the NASDAQ, for example. They're not listing within the region. I guess, are we losing out by them not listing here? And what can we do to, I guess, encourage more regional listings mm. or in Malaysia's case, more local listings? Mm. I think, um, I mean, obviously, companies tend to look at which market gives them the best valuation, yeah. right? So, of course, US market tend to look at valuations differently from this part of the world. But having said that, I just look at back home, right, in Malaysia. Uh, in the technology-related space, in terms of fundraise technology-related sectors, right, uh, our data have shown that that numbers of fundraise is actually higher than 2022. Mm. So basically, there's also companies, maybe not as big as Grab or as big as, you know, uh, some of these companies that have listed in NASDAQ, but you do see a more technology-related upstate in this part of the world and in our home ground as well. So companies would then tend to look at which market providing the best relation to list. Kachun, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Folks, today on Enterprise BizBytes, we were talking about the IPO landscape here in Southeast Asia, including the challenges of sustaining a vibrant and attractive equity market and some of the competition that we're facing regionally from larger uh, overseas markets, among many other things, including opportunities and challenges. Uh, Wong Ka Chun, the Disruptive Events Advisory Leader at Deloitte Malaysia, was helping us with this conversation. And looking ahead, we've got the Breakfast Grill replay happening after the 1pm news bulletin, so stick around for that. I'm Roshan Kinison. This has been Enterprise BizBytes. Keep it here to BFM 89.9, the business station. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.